Welcome, friends, to Game Master's Studio, where we talk shop about running tabletop role-playing games. With us today is Jared and Ed, with your host, Jerry. Hello, welcome to the Game Master's Studio, where we're going to be talking about tabletop role-playing games and a variety of tips, tricks, and ideas to help you run your own games and hopefully improve and make those run a little bit smoother. Uh, we will be talking about a variety of role-playing games. We will be talking quite a bit about Dungeons & Dragons being one of the longest-running and most prolific role-playing games available today. However, we are going to be talking a variety of other games as well, uh, venturing into uh, Warhammer, World of Darkness, Exalted, and a variety of others. However, a lot of these tips and tricks work regardless of the gaming system that you're in. Since this is our first episode, we actually wanted to take a minute and explain where this all came from. Several years ago, we had a group of friends. We're each running games for different groups, and we'd get together on the weekends every now and then and just start working on our own individual games, kicking ideas off of each other, throwing out topics and discussion, discussing the issues we're having and how to help resolve them, kind of keeping everybody on task and helping everybody input and make their own games better. This ran consecutively for quite a while, and we decided to expand out, start doing this podcast along with some other items to help kind of share those tips and bring it into a wider community as a whole. Today, being the first episode, we're going to be talking about the most basic part of gaming, having a game group, and that is, how do you get a game group? How do you set up? How do you make it run? How do you keep it going? Um, with us on the panel today, we have the three of us with a combined GM experience of over six decades. My name is Jerry, a.k.a. Frieden, if you're looking at the online sites. Uh, I am a DM of nearly three decades experience and our host today. Uh, with me is Jared, aka DMF, proprietor of Mad Doc Designs, creator of the World of Wrath, and semi-professional DM with over two decades of experience, and Ed. I'm here. So, today, like I said, we're talking about starting up a game group. Um, we've had discussions on this. Everybody hits a point in their life where they don't have a game going on that they wish they did. And really, we've come down to summarize it up all in one rule. The one rule of setting up the game group, go out and do it. Just do it. So, um, the most important thing I would say when setting up a game group is to set a time, set a date, set a place, get people going. Even if you don't have everybody you want, even if you don't have as much as you want, I think it's important to get it started, get it rolling, and let that momentum pick things up as you go along. Yeah, I agree. I think it's really kind of feel the dreams moment. If you build it, they will come. I've had several games start out very small, but the second the game is actually in motion and running, everybody and their brother and their mother and their third cousin-in-law wants to join the game. It's true. Actually, just uh, a recent game I uh, started uh, kind of getting the word out there for. Once I got a core group, I also got like three or four other requests because it's a, a you know, local game. Yeah, everyone likes the idea of a running game. Uh, a lot of people talk shop, a lot of people know how to talk the talk, but walking the walk, as soon as you're walking the walk, everyone wants to come along for the ride. Because they've heard the, oh, I want oh you want to do a game? Oh, yeah, I want to do a game. Uh-huh, yep, I've heard that before. Oh, your game's actually running? Can I join? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, we've had games start up and we start with just three people. And within a couple months, you've got every seat at the table filled. Um, everybody wants to join a group, but people don't want to put in the work to starting one. So putting in that effort not only shows you're committed, but you're doing what everybody else around that could be competing with you isn't. Right. Uh, so that's I think that's really important to uh, to go out and do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the number one rule. Like you said, just just do it. Start the group; it will grow. Yeah, I, I lived out of state for a while, and uh, uh, after a few years of just not having a group that that was able to work together and and, and run, I just started going to a local gaming shop uh, in the hopes of finding something there. You know, I thought that maybe if I was able to get into another group, and if they were halfway decent, you know, I'd start running for them and. You know, at some point. Plus, you know, you get to play. Um, so certainly, I'd think you know, if 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 it's just you looking for something else, local game shops are definitely a great way to go. Yeah, and we also we kind of have that issue there of of setting up your own game group versus finding a new group, right? Or sorry, finding an existing group. Mm. Uh, setting up your own group, you're doing a lot of the work, but you also get that advantage of quality control. Yeah. If you have somebody that you know isn't going to mesh with your people, whether it's different gaming styles or personality, or let's be honest, because we are talking about sometimes less than socially exquisite people, it may even be a hygiene or personality issue, you can kind of screen those out. If you're going to join a game group, then you're the odd man out coming in. You need to fit to them. Definitely. Well, odd man or woman out. Um, we really can't. Even though it's stereotypical, single-gendered gaming, we can't deny the fact that it's actually both sexes do enjoy the game. Yeah, I actually tend to have more female players in my game, oddly enough. I never thought I'd be able to say that. But in the last couple of years, we've had at least a, you know several females at our table, if not the majority of them being female, depending on the session. Not on a game-to-game basis, but on a session-to-session basis, you know, because sometimes so-and-so can't make it, but... I've actually had females be on, you know, the pushing the fifty percent mark, if not the dominant of the two genders, which I think is a great thing. I think that's just awesome. I don't think I've had an all all single gender, so all male or all female group. Well, I've never had an all female group, but I had all male group since high school. Um, as long as you're willing to be open and accept them, everybody's welcome at the table. Yeah, I'm used to having all-male groups. Most of my life has been all-male groups. But, again, the last couple of years, had a lot of females at the table. And a lot of that just comes down to recruiting, you know. So You give them a shot, they're willing to. Um, it's actually very useful because you can find a lot of a lot of female gamers who aren't given the chance. People just assume they don't. Um, and so if you're, just, if you're open about that, you'll also find... I think the most common response that we've gotten when we're talking to females about joining the group, you know, whether friends or coworkers or that, it's a very common of like, oh yeah, I've heard of it. I've heard of this this gaming, but I never got a chance to. I never had the opportunity. Mm-hmm. Would you mind if I, I came in and checked it out? And those actually become some of our best gamers. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, well, I mean, there's also there's that stigma attached to it, uh, you know, attached to gaming. You know, it's just a bunch of you know smelly nerds in their basement, uh, uh, you know, playing 
you know, play and make believe, but it's it's not really. We, we we know that's not what it is. You know, you know, most gamers or, or you know anyone listening to this, you know, knows that's not what it is. But when that stigma is out there, and you know, also being you know satanic cultists throughout the eighties, you know, I mean, it's it, it's it's kind of hard to break those tropes in people's minds. So it's you know if 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 you have that sort of thing going around, then yeah, there's going to be a, a large group of people who don't even either know that it's a thing or know that it's a thing that they might like. So I've. In my experience, I've had a wide variety of participants around the game table. Um, not only the stereotypical socially inept nerd, but I've also, I've gamed with lawyers, I've gamed with reporters, I've gamed with highly booked chef, chefs, I've gamed with professional wrestlers, I've gamed with financial professionals, I've gamed with pizza delivery guys, you know. It's all across the spectrum. It's really more of a... a of bring the gang in, give everyone a chance, and and everybody that wants a chance gets the shot. You know, D&D's come out of the shadows in the last few decades. I mean, it's yeah. becoming more and more of a common thing. People that never would have admitted it when they were younger are admitting it, you know, in front of millions of viewers. I mean, you got Vin Diesel out there as a huge advocate for D&D. You know, you got a lot, a lot of other big name uh, actors out there that are actually, you know, like just openly, whether they're pushing it or not, they're just openly saying, "Yeah, I play Dungeons and Dragons. What about it?" Like, and I'm an actor. Why wouldn't I? You know, it's a great, you know, forum for them to practice their role playing skills. And you see it showing up in the media as well. Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Big Bang Theory. Even though personally, I'm not a fan. Um, and there've been some other shows that have had the characters in the show playing Dungeons and Dragons mm -hmm. that's helped give it exposure that it didn't previously have. Yeah. Um, so you can find a wide variety and it's also being that it used to be a hobby that was exclusively attended by nerds and geeks and stuff. You have those people who understand what it's like to be ostracized. They know what it's like to be pushed out, to be marginalized um, because of dealing with a lot of that stuff in, in high school with the, with the clicks that they have to deal with. And so you find those people are also fairly open and welcoming because they know how bad it feels to be pushed aside. And an interesting reverse of life, uh, a lot of those kids that were geeks and nerds when they were in school are the cool kids now. You know, geeks are becoming the cool guys. You know? I don't know why I am. <laughs> it's just kind of the way that society is. You know, it used to be that, you know, oh, you're a nerd, well, then get away from me. But now it's like, oh, you're a nerd, you're smart, you're successful. You know, you're you're making money and uh, you own, you know, Apple or, you know, Microsoft. Yeah, you're, you know, they're they're not the the isolated uh, people that they used to be. They're a lot more out in the open. They're more widely accepted. We're more widely accepted. So the game and its its average typical player are more in the the, the light than they ever used to be. And so you really just want to keep an open mind when it comes to that. You can find gamers in all sorts of unlikely places. Actually, just a week or two ago, somebody in my game group I was out at the bar at, and they mentioned that they played, and this random drunk guy next to us was like, oh, yeah, D&D, &D, I want to play that. I want to get back. You guys, can I get in on that? Um, at the time, you know, we're playing kind of a, a closed situation where we're booked up on space, so we weren't able to bring him in. Um, but, you know, you'll find them. If you keep an open mind, you'll find, you'll find new gamers wherever you go, and you should be able to find enough to set up a group. 
Yeah, I think one of the reasons why it used to be, it used to feel like it was hard to find players was because it was such a secretive thing. It wasn't something you talked about in public. You didn't yeah. want other people to overhear your conversations. And now people are a lot more comfortable talking about it, whether it's just because we're older and we don't care, or just because we know that it's more accepted in society and not shunned upon as much. And, you know, it's, again, come out into the light. But now you can you can talk about it in public, and people will overhear you and go, "Oh, Dungeons and Dragons! I played Dungeons and Dragons when I was a kid. Oh, hey man, I haven't played in years. I'd love to play again." Like you guys get a spot in your game. Next thing you know, again you're you're cramming chairs around your table. You can't even. You're like, "Oh man, I'm going to split this up into two different games." And you also just have to keep your eyes and ears out. Um, some people aren't going to be, "Oh, Dungeons and Dragons! Yeah, I heard about that. I want to play." Or, you know, really any game: Vampire, Werewolf, Exalted, Warhammer, whatever. But if you be aware, if you stay aware, you can see things going on. Um, I remember working at a wrestling federation and working backstage, and one of the wrestlers mentioned to somebody else about having to make a fort save. You know, right there, that clicks. That's a D&D term. I know that guy's a gamer. You know, there's the girl at work who's sitting at lunch reading a Dragonlance novel. You know, other people, it's like, oh, yeah, it's like, like Song of Ice and Fire, Game of Thrones. That's popular on HBO, right? But Dragonlance is very specifically a gaming situation. And so maybe, you know, you see that person reading the book, ask them if they play. They may be looking for a group. They may have a group already that maybe you can join. Um, Joining multiple groups can be a fun way to get involved, meet different people, meet new people. And if you're always running, you go to another group and get a chance to play. You get a chance to get some of that stress off and maybe get some ideas for your own game, refresh your own uh, creative juices, as it were. Yes, yeah, so, I mean, when it comes to starting your uh, a group, I really think it just comes down to just be open, advertise, ask around, ask your friends, ask your friends to mention to their other friends, you know, to fr- you know friends that you might not know, yeah. ask at work, just, hey, I'm looking to get a game together. Uh, you ever play Dungeons and Dragons? You're, you're into role play, and then just don't leave it at that. Make sure you clarify a little bit. You know, add some extra substance to something that might trigger a keyword for someone that like. Do you like fantasy novels? Are you into magic? Do you like Do you like Game of Thrones? Do you like you know the last Witch Hunter movie that just came out? Do you like this? Do you like that? Oh yeah, that seems really cool. Oh well, Dungeons and Dragons, you get to do that kind of stuff. Oh, that seems really cool. You know, maybe I'll check it out. Come on over and check it out. We should get a game together. And then, like Jerry said in the beginning of the show. Set a time, set a place, set a date. This is when we're starting. Don't talk about it in hypotheticals for three months until everyone's lost interest. You set a time, start it. And hey, you know what? Next Saturday, noon, my place, why don't we all get together? We'll sit down, we'll, we'll uh, make some characters, and uh, we'll play a game, see what happens. You only need two or three people. If you're running the game, you're the DM, you're the GM. Two people, three people, just get the game started. And once, like we said, once the game's in motion... If you build it, they will come. You'll have more players and you know what to do with. Talking around can also help you fix some of those issues that may be hindering you getting a game started. Uh, a couple of years ago, I was talking with some people at work, and I mentioned that I had a regular game going, but unfortunately, I had to drive an hour and a half every other week to go to this game. And that kind of... The game was a lot of fun. It's still a great group of people. I love them all. Um, I can't go as often as I would like to because of that distance. I mentioned that I would like to find something local, but I don't have, I don't know what time I'd be able to do it. I don't have the space to do it. I'm not ready to run a second game in addition to the game I was running up there. And while I was talking, somebody else 
ch chimed in with, oh, yeah, I'd love to play. I have the space, but I don't know about running anything. And a third person goes, I'd love to run a game. I don't have any space. I don't have any time. We just talked. We figured it out. We put it all together. Everybody solved each other's issues. And that group built together and is actually kind of still going in, in one incarnation or another. Yep. That's how I got dragged back into it, folks. <laughs> yeah, the, he was actually the one that said he had the space to yeah, do it. I had the space to do it. Uh, what's yeah. funny is I was actually very much against it. And, and, well, I was reluctant, I should say, not very much against it. But it was one of those, like, I hadn't played in years, and I knew that the second I got drawn back in, I was going to be stuck. It's like crack. <laughs> I try to get out, but they keep pulling they keep me back pulling in. me back in. And I told them what would happen, and that's exactly what happened. I end up, you know, dedicating most of my free time, and then what do you, what do you know? I start building the world of wrath. I start DMing <laughs> crazy ideas like building a podcast. That's right. Yeah, those sorts of things. Yeah, yep. no, I, I, I never spent a lot of time outside of gaming, as in, as in not gaming, I should say, that I really, uh, that I wasn't looking for a group of some sort. I did sort of have that at one point as uh, we'd set up a group, me and a friend of mine who would game together, and then we decided to like add his stepdaughter, and we kind of ran like a mini game there. Um, so I, I kind of I want to bring up the point a little bit of like gaming with people who are family members, either your own or or who know each other, and the different dynamics there. Like in this case. Um, you know, they had a little bit of tension <laughs> and to blow up at each other sometimes. I had a similar interesting case where I was running a game for for my best friend, really. And part of it was we wanted, he wanted to help his son see because you know, we do this gaming all the time. He, his son knows roughly what it is, but wasn't actually at the table for any of the games. So we set up a game with him, his wife and his son, and we started playing. And there was a little bit of issues there breaking out of that family dynamic. You know, the son can go and do stuff that's maybe not optimal choices, but he can do it without needing his parents to say, it's okay to go do that. Um, and at one point, my friend kind of started to reflexively scold him, you know, being the dad, you know, the kid, the kid does something a little, a little silly, and he started to say that. And I stepped in as the DM and go, no, this is okay for... For the character to do, you know, right. obviously, you know, outside the game, he's your son. You can tell your son yes or no. But in the game, he's another player and you need to learn to treat him as such. Yeah. Which also helped, I think, change their dynamic a little bit because now the son at least had one place where he was on equal footing with the parents. And I think that might that might help smooth things as well, because now you're not always in that um, subordinate follower mode. So... Hmm. Yeah, family, direct family, and extended family is definitely another place where you can recruit players. You know, if you know, if you have a cousin or your mother likes to read fantasy novels or, you know, anything like that, you can always try to recruit family members. I mean, make sure that the dynamic's going to work around the table, obviously. I might recommend extended family over direct family just because you have less dynamic there with uh, authority, so to speak. But Speaking of group dynamics, we also have to look at the we mentioned briefly the possibility of joining an existing game group rather than setting up your own. I did have a situation, uh, I think it was about a decade ago, where 
I wasn't involved with the group that I had been involved with for a while. I didn't have any gaming going on because they were they were playing a game that I wasn't currently interested in, so I just wasn't involved there. But I still wanted to have a, a, a game going. Um, so I had to go out and find a game on my own and meet new people. And again, we're looking at the, the stereotype of gamers being socially awkward. Um, I am not necessarily the most outgoing person. But I had to, I met these people online through Craigslist. Apparently it is just used for more than just random hookups um, to find this game group and go in and show up at this college dorm and I'm going to meet these people for the first time. We're going to sit down and play. It was really awkward until the dice started rolling. Then it got to be a lot of fun because no longer am... You know, I there, I'm Jerry. Hi, let me introduce myself. Da, 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 da. It's now, I am Krager, cleric, and going in and introducing myself to people that I've never met anyway because my characters never met any of their characters and it helped connect it. And, you know, some of the guys really kind of cool. We had some fun friendships out of it, had some games come out of it. So I was really lucky to be able to find a group. You also have to be aware that when you find a group, it may not be the right one for you. You've got to be willing to look at the group, and if it doesn't fit what you're looking for, if it doesn't match your dynamic, you need to step away. Um, we've used gaming interviews in groups that I've had in the past. Somebody wants to join the group, we'll get somebody who's willing from the group who's willing to GM and a couple of the players and run a one-off. Invite the new person in, see how they play, see how they mix with the group, get a little bit of discussion. We had one guy we were a little bit wary about, um, some of his emails, punctuation, spelling wasn't that great. Maybe his character concept was a little bit off, a little wary on it. But then we brought him in for a game. We had a ton of fun. Um, we're joking. By the, by the end of it, we have in-jokes amongst ourselves. There's still a story that I like to tell from there about him convincing a shopkeeper that a hand grenade going off outside was actually traffic backfiring. And the guy wound up joining our group, becoming a core member, and it was just a great experience all around. If we had just looked at pre at the the emails, his spelling, his punctuation, we wouldn't have given him the chance. Right. Uh, but at the at the same time, I remember being a, a fledgling gamer, and I was looking for a group, and I I found myself in a group, um, and, and the, for the most part, the group was was just fine. But there was this this gamer that I remember who. Um, any sort of slight that you would make towards her her character should take personally and then fly off the handle. So you, you do have to worry about the potential, of course, of, you know, when you go into a group, you know, keep in mind, these people have been playing together, they might have their own style. And, you know, e even that being said, you might come across the kind of gamer that eh, maybe doesn't work well with you, but they might still be able to function in the group you know there might be someone there and there was an anchor who would kind of bring that person back down so well when you're moving into an existing group dynamic you have to realize as, as the outsider they have the right to say you're not working you're not fitting in right and you can't take that personally but also as the individual you have to be willing to say i really want a gaming group but this isn't the right group for me right and be willing to walk away if things don't come together 
Yeah, you should be able to walk away. Um, but at the same time, you know, it's also a nice exercise to see how well, how adaptable you are to a group. Um, like when I joined up with the group on Roll20.net, uh, it wasn't me joining a group. It was the group coming together for the first time, but we were all just meeting each other through the forums on Roll20.net. So we were all kind of getting to know each other. You know, we had like a week or two of prep while the DM was kind of getting to know us a little bit out of game, you know, talking with us, working on our characters and such. And we, the players, had a little bit of interaction prior to the game also. Um, but it really was kind of for me, like I saw it as an exercise. It was a nice opportunity for me to step back, not being the DM, and also not having to worry about, okay, I don't know any of these people in real life. They're not friends. I can look at this from purely a gaming, you know, and role-playing and player aspect. Right. And it was a chance for me to really kind of learn to shut up and take a step back for a second. Uh, there was a player in the group that was very overbearing and normally I would have probably handled things a little bit differently. You know, as a DM, I definitely would have handled things differently than the DM handled anything on uh, the things different on um, and then the DM did handle things. I'm sorry. Um, not to say that he handled anything incorrectly, just to say that I would have handled it differently, but it was a chance for me to just kind of like, you know what, I'm just going to sit back, relax, enjoy the show, go with the flow. You know, I had nothing invested in it. The kid wanted to talk 99% of the time, and that's fine. And whenever there was a half a percent chance for me to get in there, I'd get in there and I'd role play. If the DM addressed me, I'd role play a little bit. But it was just, you know, a chance for me to kind of adapt to the situation. You know, it's kind of how I saw it. You know, if this was going to be a long-term, long-running game, it would have been one that I would have stepped away from because it wasn't where it wasn't really 100% my cup of tea. But it was different, and I really liked that. You know, because again, it wasn't you know, one's in a group of friends or uh, fellow gamers that I was used to playing with. It was me getting a chance to step outside my box and outside my comfort zone okay. and see another DM in action that I had never met before in my life. And most of the players in the game all claim to be DMs also. So just kind of getting everyone's two cents and perspectives on things was very, like, I thought it was a good learning experience personally. Yeah. And you're, it's to, I don't, I don't know, to kind of, to kind of go on to what you're saying here, the, uh, it's not. I'm not. It's not always that you're going to find you know players or GMs or whatever that you don't like. Sometimes it's just the style might right. not be for you. I know players who love the role playing aspect, you know, or even the puzzle aspect of playing in a game, but aren't really fond on the action. And if you're, if if you are the kind of GM or whoever's running is the kind of GM that just loves the action and the combat, then. You know, I guess as a player, you have to identify, okay, well, this might not be the GM for me or the group for me. Right. But as a, as a GM, you should also identify that this person likes the role-playing part. I really should throw something in there for them uh, yeah. to get them Yeah, I think we're going to be covering that in another episode where we're going to be oh, talking definitely. about identifying player types and how to try to appeal to the group as the DM. Yeah. But again, you know, you know, from this point of view for this discussion, you know, as a player, that's absolutely correct. You know, like if you walk into a situation, this group is really used to just being a hack and slash group. That's what the DMs used to running. That's what all the players want, except yeah. me. I'm not the right fit here. Exactly. You know, I should and that's just what I, was... I should just walk away. I shouldn't try to assume that they're going to change to me. I should just find the right group for me. And that's what I was kind of coming around yeah. to is identify if the group that you're joining or forming is going to work together either with you or or if you're you know if it's not going to fit or whatnot just because there are so many different styles out there yeah you got to keep an open mind to that there's also another point um which is really kind of brought up when you were talking earlier about the dynamics of the group 
and, that's, and the dynamics of personality is you also have to be aware going in that you have the chance that the game that you have is going to change the dynamic that you may have with somebody. It's very likely that you may clash in-game and someone that you were a friend with outside of the game may take what happens in the game personally. Um, I personally had an issue where things with someone that I was on relatively good terms with started to go downhill because of things that happened in game. Um, I don't want to dwell on it too much, so I don't want to bring up you know the details on it. But we kind of wound up going on the, on the splits from being fairly good friends for a while. And it all started because we disagreed over something that was happening in the game. Mm. Um, and that built and aggravated it. And I'm sure, you know, there are, I'm not the only one who's lost a friend over the gaming table. You need to be aware that sometimes these people are going to change. Yeah. Um, your good friendships, your really strong friendships, you should be able to, to carry through that. And they shouldn't have an issue. But sometimes crap's going to happen and it's going to mess up what you thought may have been a good friendship. Yep, it's true. Um, and that actually, for me, was what led to me, okay, I've got to go out and find another group mm-hmm. because I don't want this to snowball and ruin all my other friendships. And that's, what I was gonna say, that's where it kind of comes down to, like, you need to identify the situation and take a step back from it. You know, that's your best bet. Like, this group isn't the right group for me. For whatever reason, there's a variety of reasons... No one reason's ever going to be the same case for everybody, but because of reason X, Y, or Z, this isn't working out. I should just take a step back and leave this group, or at least you know have you know take a step you know oh talk with the DM, have a little chit chat with the DM one on one. But a lot of a lot of a lot of times, players and DMs or players and players try to force themselves into a group just because they are all gamers and they do all want to play, and they'll try to. Fit together, like they're putting, trying to put puzzle pieces together that were are from different sets. Right. You know, you're trying to cram those together just because, like, well, they're puzzle pieces. One one poor experience I had as a GM was when I tried to do a one shot with half the people from one of my gaming groups and half the people from the other gaming groups and put them together, and that was not a group that mixed well. Hmm. Well, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, you're going to have your different player styles and your different GM styles. That's what it's really going to come down to. Sometimes it's personality. If your personality meshes, but the players are, you know, you got your, uh, you, you know, you got your, you got your power gamer here, or you got your role player there, or, or, or whatever. If their personalities outside mesh and everyone gets along during the game, you can make it work. Yeah. You know, so it does. I guess it's a mix. It comes down to the two, you know, a number of different things, but like, like. So many aspects of GMing, it's about making it up and adapting on the fly and figuring out how to make it work for everybody. And as a player, taking responsibility as a player, too. Like, knowing your place, do I fit, should I leave? No. But. So, so that was kind of what we wanted to cover for today. Setting up a group, the work on it, and some of the pitfalls of finding players, joining groups. Um, we're going to be putting out podcasts on a pretty regular basis. Check back for new episodes as we get them up. We'll also have more information available on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube. Definitely feel free to like, comment, subscribe on those. And we will see you the next time that we sit down to do another one of these games.